0: And welcome one and all to the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell and the X-Zone is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simulcast on Simul TV on the X-Zone TV channel. If you'd like to uh, send us an email, xzone at TV.com on all social media sites, xzone radio tv. And for all the broadcast on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xedbn.net. And for the program schedule for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, just go to www.simultv.com and in the top of the page in the search engine, type in Xzone. I'd also like to take this uh, time to welcome our newest affiliate in Los Angeles, California, HD, HDTV 55, and also to 10 million new viewers in India. So from everyone here in the Exxon to everyone out there, welcome to the family. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dr. Lori Nadell and with a dual career in psychology and media. Dr. Nadell is the author of eight books including Sixth Sense: Unlocking Your Ultimate Mind Power. Which is a four time bestseller. Her new book, The Five Gifts Discovering Hope, Healing, and Strength When Disaster Strikes, was, uh, was forwarded by Dan Rather and was voted one of the best books of 2018 by the prestigious Library Journal. Joining me now is Dr. Lori Needell. And Lori, welcome to the Exome.
2: Hey, thank you so much. Um, it's my honor to be here. Thank it's, you.
0: It's great having you uh, here, Lori. Um, tell us more about yourself. You know, uh, you've worked for CBS News, I believe, and um, then then something oh. happened in your life where you you kind of changed careers.
2: Yes, I, I started my career uh, after college, mm-hmm. actually during college, working in journalism, and um, I kind of fell into TV news, um, I guess, by accident, and uh, enjoyed it tremendously for a long time. Um, worked in a Reuters television in London, ABC News, uh, CBS News for a decade, and uh, burned out covering the Iran-Contra hearings, and ended up with a virus—a kind of oh, a no. Epstein Barr or chronic fatigue virus—which um, at the time, I, I guess even now, the, there's really no conventional medicine for viruses, mm-hmm. as we're finding out, you know, with the coronavirus and um, other other um, illnesses that that uh, come up from time to time. So I began to, to meditate and I began to study alternative uh, healing and I recovered in half the time that most people uh, suffer with that illness for four years and uh, I got better into two and a half years and uh, then went on to uh, go back to graduate school and to really change my career to focus on helping people cope with stress, uh, health issues and uh, post-traumatic stress which were all things that I myself had been dealing with for quite a while.
0: You know, I don't think there's anybody listening who didn't hear or see the events of 9-11. Even those people watching the events, even though they weren't in the city of New York or Washington or in Pennsylvania, when the events happened, watching on TV, could that actually cause to have stress?
2: Oh, there's no question that uh, what they call it Vicarious trauma or secondary trauma uh, can result from watching disturbing violent images uh, on on the screen, whether it's television or your cell phone. And in fact, there's an actually as part of the psychiatric diagnosis for PTSD um, is hours of exposure. To disturbing images or video. Now, it used to be that only people who worked in newsrooms or uh, worked in police communications offices, or uh, say forensic detectives, forensic psychologists, or detectives who have to watch these footage over and over again, were likely to develop uh, vicarious or secondary PTSD. But now, 44 million people in the United States uh, are now reported to have PTSD. Only six million of them are veterans, which means that it's mostly civilians. And I I truly believe that a lot of this is caused by the hours and hours that we all spent, including yours truly, um, looking at your cell phone, looking at your tablet, looking at your TV, looking at your screen, and you're being bombarded and you're being flashed uh, news images, breaking news, which usually is what we call in the business hard news, usually is death and destruction, and um, it lodges in the psyche. I mean, it lodges in the subconscious mind. And it creates a sense mm-hmm. that we're, we're literally unsafe in our own skin. And it's become a national epidemic.
0: So what can we do about this? You know, it's, it, it seems that people cannot live without their handheld devices. It seems that there's a symbiotic relationship that's been developed when it comes to uh, the gadgetry of today. How can we turn things around or how can we protect the public from what mass media is actually doing?
2: Well, I think awareness, you know, the, the, the number one line of defense for PTSD is information. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to recognize what the signs of traumatization are and right. then to be able to practice uh, some self-care, uh, of course, the, the first element of self-care With regard to exposure to television or computer or screen images, would be to uh, turn it off, which is what the Red Cross tells people after disasters. You know, if if families who uh, the families of people who were working in the area around the World Trade Center were told by the Red Cross to turn it off. Don't keep watching it. If it's disturbing, um, if you find that you have insomnia, if you find that um, it's giving you nightmares, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the stories that you see are particularly grisly, yes. um, thinking specifically of Parkland, which happened exactly two years ago uh, tomorrow on uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, turn it off and take a few hours, you know, t- take a cell phone break, take a media break and uh, do something that, uh, is going to help you to chill out. Um, you know, especially important not to isolate. So talk to somebody, uh, hang out with a friend, hang out with a pet, take a walk, sit in the garden, do anything that gets you away from that, that kind of hypnotic kind of quality that we, we go into this trance of watching it again and again and again. And it's really important to, to recognize, um, I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling nauseous. My hands are shaking. Um, I feel unsafe. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Now it's time to stop because if you don't turn it off, then it becomes an addiction and it's going to create other problems down the road.
0: Why are so many people addicted to the multimedia devices that are so accessible these days?
2: Well, you know, I like to say that when something is addictive, Mm -hmm. whether it's sugar or cigarettes or television or any other substance. Uh, we, we crave it because it's immediate, it's available and it's effective in terms of changing our state. And there's something about staring at screens all day or I, I, I think about people who I know who spend you know four or five hours a day on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter uh, that you go into the zone, and the outside world doesn't exist for you; You start to believe you get kind of sucked into this belief that only what exists on the screen is real, and it kind of takes on a life of its own and For a lot of people, that is uh it gives them some kind of an immediate sense of either gratification or importance, or it's just very seductive. It shows you a world that you think you know, what do they call, FOMO? fear of missing out. It shows mm-hmm. you a world that you, that you think or you feel is better than the world that's going on around you in real time. And it's very dangerous for that reason, because it, there, there's a multi-billion dollar industry uh, which used to be confined to television, which of course is the advertising industry. And the advertising industry is designed to create these very seductive little movies of um who you're going to be if you buy an SUV and you live in yeah. the Bronx it's going to take you up to that mountain in Alaska and you're going to be able to kayak or you're going to put on this makeup and suddenly um the person you want to fall in love with uh, is going to be all over you and in love with you so it it feeds you know the the, the media feeds these kind of distorted kind of uh dreams of what people start to believe life is supposed to be or the or the fascination with celebrities mm-hmm. and it's very easy to be distracted by that because it seems like a much more appealing way to live than having to pay your bills or walk the dog or go to work or Take
0: out the garbage. So, so people would rather live over. in a land of fantasy than to live in a world of reality. You've got, you and I have to take our break. Please stand by. Dr. Laurie Nadell is our special guest of this hour. Exonation. www.laurinadell.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E-N-A-D-E-L dot com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to visit the Exxon Broadcast Network website, xzbn.net, and the Exxon TV channel on simultv.com. Right, Dr. Laurie Nadell is our special guest. www.laurienadell.com. You know, before we went to the break, we were talking about how people kind of enter into a world of fantasy when they, when they go into Twitter, Facebook, and uh, you know, they'd rather be there than actually in the world of reality. I call it the ostrich syndrome. They'd like to put their, you know, they, they duck their head into the sand, thinking that when they pull their head out of the sand, everything is going to be better. But actually, everything is the same, and in many cases, it's worse. So where does the responsibility lie, in your opinion? Does it rely? Does the responsibility of the mess we're in when it comes to the, um, the people that are hooked on the multimedia devices... Is it the responsibility of the media, or is it the responsibility of the person who decides to pick up that multimedia device, turn it on, and start watching it?
2: Well, unfortunately, it, the, the, the media in general has become a kind of juggernaut. It has a life of its own. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Uh, it, it fascinates people. So we, we can't really control... Um, we, we can't really control the way the technology is growing or, um, or the access, uh, which people have, uh, and, and in many cases, mm-hmm. of course, social media has been a great blessing to people, uh, in, in many different ways. But the addiction, uh, is something that only we can, we can take charge of. We're the only ones who can decide that, uh, we really need to turn it off and, uh, make eye contact with the person who's sitting across the table I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to restaurants and seen young couples um, either on dates or young married couples where each of them is looking at their phone Mm -hmm. and they're not looking at each other. Or a client who came to me because uh, the man she was in love with had finally proposed to her uh, after five years, but she said she was going to break up with him because he didn't put in a relationship on his Facebook page. And that's for real.
1: That's and I pathetic. tried to
2: explain to her that Facebook wasn't real.
1: That's right. But she
2: said that her Facebook friends would judge her and it would be humiliating for her if she put in a relationship and this man who she had wanted to marry for so many years didn't put in a relationship on his Facebook page. So there's a distortion of reality mm-hmm. that 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 really hooks people. And we're the only ones who can decide it's really it's time to turn it off and spend uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, one hour, two hours, a certain period of time every day engaging with real people around us. That's what we have control over. Unfortunately, the industry is rampant and it's out of control.
0: Well, it's out of control because of the demands of the consumer. You know, it's supply and demand. Like as, you know, I've been in the media for so many years that I've, I've, I've seen the progression and I am, not, right. I, am, I am one that is dead against having the handheld devices in schools. I don't think children should have access to them, you know. No, had, I, w-
2: I would agree with yeah. you on that. Um, it's also, you know, it, it's the advertising industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a few years ago that uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg had, had bought uh, the virtual reality uh, company Oculus Rift and i forget how many uh, you know millions or billions of dollars he paid for it but the reason he bought it was because of the of the potential to flash subliminal ads yep. directly into your brain yep. when you think that you're walking on the beach or you're battling aliens or whatever you're doing mm-hmm. in your virtual reality you're having ads beamed directly into the brain because it's bypassing conscious, rational thought. So we're talking and about that's the... that's really what drives the industry. Yeah, but we're also... Is, you know, is, this is
0: nothing new. This is not... Subliminal so right. advertising is as old as the hills. You know, but so, so it's a new method of, of, of sucking people into buying crap.
2: That's right, except that it's so subtle mm-hmm. that... And in, in, in on television, it's... Uh, I mean, there are there still, uh, still laws that make it illegal yep. to flash yep. subliminal ads... But when you get into the, the, the wild west of virtual reality or the inter- internet, <laughs> and so you don't know really what's being flashed at you. Flash frames are, are coming at you all the time, and the conscious mind has no idea what you're actually looking at if there's a frame of something that's half a second long or, or a second long, because digital technology makes that possible.
0: That's right. That's right, and uh, like I was saying, I, I don't think that handheld devices should be given to children. I don't believe they should be in the schools because what happens when we have a, an EMF right. and all the cell towers go down? This happened, I think, about 15 years ago here in Ontario. There was an EMF, and the entire right. parts of uh, Ontario and Pennsylvania and New York were blacked out. There was, right. Um you
2: know, it, it also happened after nine eleven, it yeah. also happened after Hurricane Sandy. Right. Um there no no cell phone, no television, no communications, yep. no electricity. These events happen and they're going to be happening with increasing frequency because of uh you know changes in the climate and also as you're saying, EMF, electromagnetic storms, solar storms, yes. pulses yep. and god knows what else uh, that 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 humans are doing. To interfere with
0: with uh, communications, people I, I saw people just totally lost, right? You know, the, you know, right. like, my God, what are we going to do? The phone's not working. This is why, folks, it's great having an internet phone. It's great having a cell phone, but you can't beat the good old copper copper wire phones that every telephone company offers right. you. But that's right. The convenience of having a cell phone. Wow, you can go anywhere and talk. Look. If you're driving, put your damn cell phone down. When you're walking, put your cell phone down. If you're ta- if you're at a restaurant, with your family or whoever, put your cell phone down. I think that people who use their cell phones in public are very ignorant.
2: Well, they're ignorant and, and they're rude, but it's, yep. it's also it's also dangerous.
1: It is very. Um,
2: it, it, it's dangerous to be walking. And I think somebody was saying that her, her doctor told her um, not to walk and text at the same time. People are ending up in emergency rooms. They're getting hit by cars yep. because they can't stop looking at their phone while they're crossing the street. I mean, it's really kind of taken over in a very dangerous way.
0: Uh, it, I don't understand why there's not tighter controls on the Internet, especially when it comes to the advertising. That's, uh, that's, that's so cheap, number one. Number two, it, it does hit a large market. But it's like shooting a, a shotgun in the air at a duck. Some pellets will hit. Some pellets won't. Um, like the C, the FCC and the CRTC say you cannot use subliminal right. advertising, and yet the internet—they right. just do what they want.
2: Exactly. There's no regulation. And the one time I think I—I I, uh, I think it was after Parkland, I suggested on a uh, on a, a closed uh, discussion group of consciousness researchers mm-hmm. that if somebody threatens to. Um, somebody who threatens mass murder in a digital space like Facebook, it should be treated the same way as if you shout fire in a crowded movie theater. Yes. It should be illegal. And I was blasted because it was a violation of freedom of speech. And I said, if you yell fire in a crowded movie theater or you joke about a bomb in an airport, that is considered a, a threat to public safety and and you will be arrested as yeah. you should be and yet there are no regulations that I'm aware of. Um, people, people threaten violence on the Internet mm-hmm. before they commit these horrible acts of, uh, of mass murder, and there doesn't seem to be any regulation to stop that.
0: And that, in my opinion, is oh so wrong. You know, I had a guest on the show many years ago. Uh, his name was Pastor Harry Walther, and he said, You know, Rob, the mark of the beast is not 666. It's WWW. Ha <laughs>
2: Very clever. I, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah,
2: I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. This is, it, 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 the other thing is, it's so insidious. It's kind of like you know, al- alcohol. Um, alcoholism is increasing, but alcohol is legal. Cigarettes kill people, but but uh, but cigarettes are legal. Yeah. And WWW is legal, and people are just they, they become enthralled with it. Yes, um, it takes over their lives. And they really are unaware of the, uh, the, the insidious and not-so-insidious dangers of being hooked up to uh, the Internet 24-7.
0: And not then, a good thing. And then all the cyberbullying that has been going on. And isn't it, isn't it funny that a couple of years ago cyberbullying was all over the place, and now it's kind of been accepted? Well, you know, it's part of the Internet. Oh, come on. Give me a break. What's, go, what's gone wrong with society?
2: Well, I think that's that's a that's a big picture question. Mm-hmm. I, I I personally believe in the United States that that a, a big piece of this. Is due to the devaluation and deterioration of uh, the importance of education.
0: Uh, big time, and
2: that uh, and that it's much easier to just stare at a screen than learn how to read or learn how to do um, addition and subtraction manually. If you can just you know punch up the calculator yeah. function on your cell phone. Um, There's been a real devaluation of of education, and and, and people no longer think. They just expect to be told what to think. And, of course, politicians are capitalizing on that, that mind control through the Mm -hmm. Internet. Very dangerous moving forward, extremely dangerous.
0: The dumbing down of society at the hands of technology. Yes. Doctor, please Absolutely stand by. True. You and I have to uh, take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Doctor Laurie Nadell is our special guest. www.laurinadell.com. And we'll Not both... the
2: sign of the beast.
0: No, no, no! Not the sign of the beast.
2: <laughs> Just joking.
0: www.wonderful. Uh, woman, no, we got to figure this one out. All right, stand by, Dr. L'Oréal. Was great talking to you and Exxon Nation. Thank we'll you. both be back on the other side of this news break. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Laurie Nadell is my special guest this hour. www.laurienadell.com. Now, before I get back to Dr. Nadell, one of the main stories that we have in the February edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is all about the F.A. Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. Guess what, gang? It's all a hoax, it's all fake. And we have proved it beyond the shadow of the doubt. In the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper, I know a lot of people are going to be upset, but you know what? Sometimes reality kind of gives you a good little shake, and you know, and says, "Well, listen. If Mitchell Hedges and his daughter Anna really did find this this um, artifact in Lubaton." Central America in Belize or British Honduras, how come on the expedition report that Mitchell Hedges himself did, it's never been mentioned? How come in the 1930s when Mitchell Hedges had his own radio show in New York, it was never mentioned? How come there's no picture of Mitchell Hedges or Anna at during the time of the expedition when it was allegedly found There's no pictures. How Mm. come no one on that expedition with F.A. Mitchell Hedges ever talked about it? They never saw it. It's because, gang, Mitchell Hedges and Anna perpetrated a hoax. The Crystal Skull was actually bought at Sotheby's in London. The Crystal Skull was manufactured in the 20th century. All these details and much more in the X-Chronicles newspaper, www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Dr. Lori Nadell is our special guest, and uh, the, the, undoubtedly, these are strange times. You know, not only are we being inundated with false news, and you and I were talking about the subliminal advertising that people are being subjected to, and, and then the, the media seems to thrive on all the political uh, indecisiveness and i I believe that the media is actually pulling this country
2: apart well i would i i would i would agree with you i think that there's a polarization mm-hmm. that uh, has really gotten much worse in the last ten years and uh when i when i people very often will ask me uh, what would Walter Cronkite think of the media today? Oh my god. And you know, Walter Cronkite would say, make sure that you spell people's names correctly. That's right. I mean, there's been a complete deterioration of basic news values, uh the way I was I was trained uh, a long time ago. Sure. But um you always get somebody's name, you know, spell the person's name right, get the get the dateline or the location of the story, uh make sure that you that your facts can be checked and double
1: checked
2: mm-hmm. and um Ninety percent of what seems to be out there is opinion yep. and 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 it's masquerading as fact you know it's being packaged as news, you know it's called uh fox news it's called cable news yes. and there are some facts, but there's a lot more opinion, and it's not carefully separated. I mean, a- it used to be that if you mm-hmm. if you had an opinion piece um somebody you know, Harry Reasoner, was reading an editorial. Or an essay at the end of the show, it would. There'd it, be there'd be a a word, uh, or I call it a font. You know, would be flashing editorial or opinion piece, yes. and it would be it would be separated from the factual news content of the rest of the program. Now the lines are completely blurred, and and people don't know where fact begins and ends, and where opinion begins and ends. And again, it's very dangerous.
0: Well, once again, you know the motto of the media has totally changed, and now it's if it don't bleed, it don't lead, and it's all it's all about numbers. It's all about the the number of readers, viewers, or listeners, because the higher the numbers, the more you can get for advertising.
2: That that's yes, it's it's uh, excuse me, it's it's um, we call it a it's a negative cycle that keeps feeding itself. Um, Any anyone who's seen any, I think, bombshell. Uh, some of the other movies that have come out about um, um, how the the very crass and commercial and sexualized nature of how news is packaged and sold uh, I, I think that that level of corruption is like you know we, we, yes, sex has always been used to sell movies and and uh, sell um, you know, to to sell advertising mm-hmm. on television, but it's just reached a point where there's really no attempt to um, to separate out, okay, this this is fact, yeah. and this is opinion, and this is advertising. I mean, the ads are kind of they they kind of filter in through the through the reporting because the reporting is 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 largely opinion, and it, it, the product placement. You know, if somebody you're watching a TV show and you see a can of Pepsi sitting on a table. I mean that's that's an ad
1: that's right. for which
2: uh, Pepsi has paid a lot of money
1: yep. to have
2: that can of Pepsi sitting on that table. So it, it's insidious, it's in, it's invasive and it, it's 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 so ubiquitous. It, it happens all the time everywhere in so many different areas of um, television, of movies, of uh, on the internet that we're not even aware that we're being plugged and we're being manipulated and we're being sold to All the time. Anytime you look at your screen, someone's trying to sell you something.
0: That's right. It's uh, 24-hour advertising cycles. It's funny because years ago, not that long ago, the Canadian and the American government put a halt to having psychic shows or psychic um, advertising or infomercials on at a certain time.
2: I was I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, because um,
0: because it was affecting people in such a negative manner. They said that by the you know, the people who would, the 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 programmers would put the infomercials on at between one o'clock and five o'clock in the morning when TV time is the right. cheapest. But that is when people who cannot sleep because of the negativity that is going on in their life, the unhappiness, the financial problems, marital problems, are awake. They turn on TV. There's a psychic hotline saying, we can solve your problems. We can tell you what you're doing wrong. And it took long enough for the government to say, whoa, this is all wrong. The FCC said you can't do that. The CRTC said you can't do that. And they were taken off.
2: And yet. But But they will advertise pharmaceuticals. Exactly. And, uh. Yeah, I had a friend visiting from the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and he actually threw his shoe at the television when he saw some of the uh, pharmaceutical ads in the middle of the evening news. And he said, "That's illegal in in the Netherlands, and it should be illegal here." And people walk into their doctors and they say, "I want the purple pill. Yep. I want the pink pill. I want this." It's not, you know, it's it, it's not it's not like going out to buy milk. I mean, it's something that your doctor is supposed to tell you what medication you but need for your condition. And, and you yet know, how it many not people... should be allowed to be a consumer product that gets advertised. Um, it, it, patients are not consumers. You know, we're people who need specific um, expert medical uh, help and, and when yet the, sick.
0: And yet these people go on the Internet and try and make self-diagnoses.
2: Right. Dr. Google. You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So.
0: Yeah. Listen, I, I, I want to get back on track here and because I, I, I'd really like to talk to you about your book, The Sixth Sense, Unlocking Your Ultimate Minds. It's a classic. Thanks. You know, you were the first to report on the Pentagon's secret psychic espionage program.
2: That's
0: right. Tell us about that. And it
2: was very interesting. Uh, I first interviewed Edgar Mitchell,
1: mm-hmm. who was the
2: astronaut, yep. who had a uh, kind of mystic experience in space where he realized that um, he was connected to a higher intelligence. Mm. And from that epiphany, he came back to Earth and he started uh, the Institute for Noetic Sciences, which is a very prestigious and probably was the first scientific um, organization that did research into consciousness, non local phenomena, um, what we call psychic phenomena. Yeah. And um, it was actually the president of that organization who told me in 1988 Mm -hmm. that there was a secret psychic espionage program and yet when i started to ask uh, people about it researchers and scientists they all looked at me And I'd been a journalist for many years, and I know when people were lying, they looked at me and they said, oh, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, no, no, that program has been shut down. And I thought, these people are lying through their teeth. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I'm a young mom, and I'm, I'm I'm an independent writer. I'm not working for the New York Times or 60 Minutes, and I don't want to disappear down a dark road. So I'm just going to let them lie. But the program was going on actively, was declassified in 1996. And I'm I understand that it's still going on, but they they change the name of it from time to time and it's it's kind of buried mm-hmm. deep in, in in different levels of um military and intelligence work.
0: We we've had the founder of that that uh that project, Russell Targ, on the show many times. Yes. And then we've had Major Ed Dames on the show many times. Yes. Talking about Yeah, I interviewed viewing. both yeah. of them. Yes. You
2: know, it's yeah, brilliant men.
0: They they are and then You know, the stories that they tell, all right, hey, the Russians were doing it, the Chinese were doing it, why shouldn't the Americans do it? And when does it become so necessary that the public knows everything about what the government is doing? If the public knows everything, is the public itself putting the risk of national security in the forefront because of their you know, the curiosity. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Dr. Laurie Nadell is my guest and uh, Laurie's website is www.laurienadel.com. The X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, returns on the other side of this break as we wrap up another hour from our broadcast center and studios where Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Laurie Nadell is our special guest, www.laurienadel.com. Laurie, in today's uh, society, you know, we were talking about your uh, your book, uh, Sixth Sense, Unlocking Your Ultimate Mind Power, where you actually were the first person to report on the Pentagon's secret uh, psychic espionage program called Remote Viewing. Um, when does it come to a point where the public has the right to know certain things. But when it gets to the point of, for example, storming Area 51, where they actually endanger national security, we didn't see this prior to the internet. Does the internet boister the the uh, crowd mentality and the stupidity that goes along with it?
2: Well, I think absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I, the number of people who say to me, I saw it on the internet, so, yeah. <laughs> so it got to be sure, I go, okay. Um, I, I think there's really, you know, to, to kind of pick up what you were talking about before, I, I think that even with all the exposure that we have to information, uh, false news, uh, false information, subliminal programming, propaganda, I think that when it comes to what's really going on, maybe we know 3% of what's really going on. And I think a lot of what we're fed yes. is designed to excite a kind of crowd mentality because uh, it distracts us from really finding out what's going on behind the scenes. And I agree with you. I don't want to know what's going on behind the scenes because my understanding is um, that there is there is a lot there is a lot going on that the public mm-hmm. should really not have any idea of. Uh,
0: and people are probably saying, "Oh, listen to the two of them." You know, people in the media. They're trying to cover. No, it's not cover. This is, the, this is the reality, gang. This is the real world. You just can't bury your heads in your, in your electronic gadgets and live in a world of fantasy and, or virtual reality for most of your day and then pop your heads out for a little while and think that you're able to comprehend what's really happening in the real world. It doesn't work that way. You know, I've been doing this show now for 30 years, Lori. Five nights a week, four guests a night. And in the 30 years that I've been doing this show, nothing within the world of the paranormal has changed. Nothing. Nobody has found Bigfoot. Nobody has Mm -hmm. found a, a crashed UFO. Nobody has found the Loch Ness Monster. And the list goes on and on and on. People keep asking me, well, Rob, if that's your attitude, why do you keep doing the show? And the answer is very simple. If the truth is out there, I want to find it. But
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's what journalism is about. And I think that, you know, you're ta- talking about, you know, the beginning of your show. I think it's really important to explore the unknown mm-hmm. and expect the unexpected. It, it's really important. Jung, Jung, Carl Jung said that intuition is the ability to see around the corner. And... In order to see or or sense around the corner, we have to ask a lot of questions. And and we have to be open and curious to phenomena that that we really cannot understand through our logical mind and our five physical senses. And I think that that that, that can only be, um, I think we only understand a fraction of it, but we can experience it. Mm -hmm. and, And once we experience it, of course, it changes us.
0: Something that has happened over the last 20 years, the New Age movement has has become much more popular, much more popular. And they now are using buzzwords like quantum physics, quantum mechanics to try and justify what their beliefs are. You know, we can't prove it, but quantum physics and quantum mechanics say it's possible. So, therefore, if it's possible, it's real. Uh, No. Right. No, that's not how it works, yeah. It
2: well, I think it was Russ Targ who told me when I interviewed him for Sixth mm-hmm. Sense that uh, the whole idea of quantum uh, non-locality and Bell's theorem and quantum mechanics yeah. was just, uh, you know, it was a convenient way for people to understand what we really can't understand. That's right. With our logical minds yep. and that that the that, that, that really, th- those are really not explanations for the ability to know something without the conscious use of reasoning, or to be able to correctly draw and identify a target in a remote location where there's been no sensory input whatsoever about what that target is. I mean, the mind is capable of so much more than uh, we're aware of.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I think that that's really the... the, the, the to, to be a pure explorer of the mind... I think is really one of the things that keeps me going, and it really was what motivated me to, to explore this, uh, this phenomenon called the Sixth Sense or called intuition right. at a time when there was, there was no New Age section of the bookstore. When Sixth Sense came out, it was the only book that looked at um, a biological model. It looked at, at multiple intelligences.
1: Mm-hmm. It looked
2: at the science of intuition and how people in different walks of life trusted their sixth sense, um, so that it, it, it grounded it, and it, it helps people to understand that this is a very real mental phenomenon, just like learning a language yep. or having mathematical ability. It's something that we all have. Some people have more of it than others, or some people have a mm-hmm. more natural talent, but it's, it's natural, and it's just as important as learning how to add and subtract or learning how to play musical instruments.
0: It's a phenomenon at this point because the science that we have today cannot explain it. But when the That's explanation right. is revealed and the man behind the curtain is identified, the phenomenon will no longer exist. It'll be fact. And I think right. that as long as as long as people look at the possibility that Oh, my God, I'm going to shake a lot of people's worlds right now, Lori, when I say this, that Albert Einstein may have been wrong. Because uh. it, could be, it could be found out, maybe tomorrow, next week, a year from now, that one of his, his formulas were wrong, that he was wrong. Right. It'll shake the foundations of the scientific community who put so much faith in, in today's knowledge that I I, but, I applaud the new scientists who are actually going beyond that and saying, well, what
2: if? Right. Yeah. What if? And and of course Einstein, you know, completely upended the Newtonian model. Exactly. And the 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 model of uh, what we call reductionism that says that only what can be reduced to physical matter is real. Yep. And the new scientists, which um, at the time that I was researching my book, I think they they made up maybe 2 or 3% of the scientific community Mm -hmm. were asking those what-if questions. They were asking the questions about uh, consciousness and psychokinesis, and is it possible to influence the outcome of, say, a random number generator using the mind? And the numbers that were generated in the Princeton uh, Anomalies Engineering Lab proved that, yes, it is possible for the mind to influence a random number generator, but nobody knows how, nobody knows why, and there's really no science to explain it.
0: Well, it's just like telekinesis. Poltergeist activity, we know that poltergeist has nothing to do with a noisy spirit. It's caused by an agent who is, you know, who's going through... Puberty nine times out of ten, and this was according to Hans Holzer, who I had the opportunity of talking to many many years ago wow you know, he so this 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 uh, this has come to 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 be understood but people well, i think it's
2: kind of mm-hmm. gone, gone full circle because if we look at the if we look at ancient uh, ancient tr- spiritual traditions yes, we look at uh, eastern religions we look at even um South American mystical traditions or indigenous people there there is a basic belief that there is a spiritual realm which is invisible but which interacts with our physical realm all the time and you know here in the in, in North America we we tend to have this uh, very rational view that if if we cannot measure it to our five physical senses it doesn't then it's not real
0: day that he did why because academia does not want to say, you know what? We were wrong. Even though the monks, the the Irish monks were in the Americas, even though people from the Middle East were trading with the the Indians of the Great Lakes, we don't want to admit that. So if they're not willing to admit something that is so insignificant compared to the findings that are being found today, it's going to be a long time, Lori. But I just want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. We'll have to have you back because, I, you know, you're one heck of a thank fine you. lady. And do the world a favor. Keep doing up the great work that you're doing.
2: Thank you so much. And, and to you, Rob, it's a really a great pleasure to be here. And I thank your audience and listeners. And uh, I wish everyone a very happy Valentine's Day. And
0: happy Valentine's Day to you, Doctor. Exonation. our guest this hour, has been Dr. Laurie Nadel. www.laurienadel.com. The name of the book that...